Okay, you guys, welcome to episode, I don't even, I think this is 124, 125, 124, I think, of The Swishroom, the podcast that deep dives in the well-known, more importantly, not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality television stars. It's me, Troy McKeady, and I am joined by a voice that you haven't heard in a year, which is inappropriate, but we're, <laughs> we are righting our wrongs today. Um, <laughs> my friend, Jamie Luke Scholar, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm like really, 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 f- we've been planning this for so long and it feels like I'm just really excited. I know. When we, when we first started talking about it, I went back and I started watching old episodes. So yeah, it's all, it's all fresh in my mind again. Um, and it's, it's one of my favorite shows slash favorite families ever, I think. Yes. So we are talking about a family today that has been requested uh i say this all the time but this is like really i mean people have been requesting this um this episode since i started recording and uh now just feels like the right time i've been i just told jamie that i've been you know nonstop doing these like really intensely structured episodes about beyonce for five weeks and i want to remove myself from the hive for a, a little bit and just talk about something fun and nostalgic and and light kind of light um but we're going to be talking about the osbornes today and just reminiscing and uh taking ourselves back to like 2002 and i'm i'm like riveted right i'm so excited (laughs) um so what is your relationship with this show like how were you introduced to it when did you start watching it so i started watching this um when it, I think it came out in 2002 or 2003, right? And it was, it was around that period where MTV was really good. So mm-hmm. uh, it was around the time of like rich girls um, and like just really kind of niche reality TV. You know, the obvious mm-hmm. other thing was the Anna Cole Smith show. But with, with the Osbournes, like obviously I was very aware of Ozzy Osbourne, um, Fun fact, Ozzy Osbourne's from uh, my hometown, which is Birmingham. So I was always very aware of him. And I think as well, like, I remember watching the first episode and on like a personal note, like, they all, like, they're this four misfits in the middle of Beverly Hills. They didn't Mm -hmm. really, like, fit in there. They were really quirky. They were very odd, but they were kind of like a regular family, but more exaggerated and I don't know there was kind of like lots of similarities I found with my own family like I grew up my parents were goths like we were always kind of like a little bit weird and so I think from from watching it when I was a teenager I was kind of like oh they're weird as well that's kind of cool but obviously I think that's kind of where the similarities stopped Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know uh yeah and so kind of they just blew up out of nowhere and obviously you know there was Ozzy was the most present but then we got to meet kind of Jack and Kelly and then understand Sharon and and they're all in their own right with really iconic yeah. uh, reality TV personalities from the get-go and also I think it was like one of the first times anything like that had been done right so it was this kind of like new format where they kind of just, it was before reality TV 
was big so there was kind of that whole like not being very aware of what's going on so it, it, yeah. it was kind of a more unfiltered version of kind of what we would have today and obviously as you go through the seasons like you can tell that they've you know they're earning a lot of money and they're a lot more aware of themselves but yeah going back to the very first like season it still stands as like one of the best reality tv shows ever i think in my opinion what what was your experience in kind of discovering it um well i guess i so this makes me feel really old but like i do so i remember this show was based on their mtv cribs episode do you remember that i was it. i didn't know that Yeah, so MTV had gone to their house for Cribs, and the house was still being, uh, it was, like, under construction. Yeah. So, like, uh, they didn't have, like, their pool done, and they didn't have, like, a lot of the rooms weren't finished, and um, there were, like, men everywhere, like, constructing the house. And they were being the Osbournes during the entire filming of MTV Cribs, and MTV came back and was like, do you guys want to just, like, film a show about your life? And that's how this whole thing started. And I actually remember watching the MTV Cribs um, episode. And I, I mean, like, I, I loved it. Like, I loved this show. I loved this family. We used to watch this as a family. And yeah. this was, I mean, you and I talked about this a lot during the Anna Nicole episode that we recorded together, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to that, you should. It's one of my favorite episodes that I've ever done of this podcast. Um, but we we talked a lot about like you know this time in reality tv where it was just sort of people existing on camera like yeah. it was people doing mundane things like just i mean literally like shopping and arguing with their neighbors and uh i mean going to the dentist and yeah <laughs> like cleaning dog poop or whatever yeah i was about to say cleaning up dog shit but... <laughs> Quite a common thing. <laughs> but it was so <laughs> riveting to watch people just exist. And I, I wish I missed this format of reality television so much because honestly, Jamie, I was like watching this and thinking it was like almost making me sad to think what this would be today. Yeah. No, oh. I know what you mean. And it's like we are never gonna have something like this again because we're all so hyper aware of ourselves now. Yeah. So. It, yeah, it's really special, and I'm, I've, I've read, I haven't, have you listened to their podcast that they have now? Yeah, I actually, I was going to ask you if you did, I listened to the whole thing. I only found out about it, like, a couple of days ago, because I was, like, I wanted to kind of pick out some key things that I wanted to talk to you about, and then I read that they had actually watched the first ever episode yeah. on the podcast and, like, commented it as, as they went along. But I, I was going to listen, but I didn't get a chance. Oh, it's so... It is... the First of all, that episode is, like, one of the best ones, of course, especially now that you have the context of watching the episode. Um, yeah. But just the whole podcast in general is so... It's literally, like, sitting... <laughs> I told my friend Nina this. If was, I said I felt like I'm sitting in that like living room dining room thing that they have in their kitchen like that couch yeah i was like i feel like i'm sitting there in front of that island just like listening to them (laughs) exist like it is like being in an old episode because they're all together and they're unscripted and they can cuss and say whatever they want and jack's daughters kind of come and go and it's just really like it's really really sweet like they're the same but they're just so much more mature and jack and kelly are like best friends now 
it's really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I was like, to add to what I said, I, I was watching this and thinking like, you know, this would be, if this were today, it would be spun to be like, first of all, it'd be just like drama, like almost like scripted drama. Yeah. You know, storylines based on very specific things. And, you know, it's interesting. Like Sharon is obviously like the matriarch of this family. She manages Ozzy's career. She is really like running this house. But in the show, it's just sort of assumed. It's never like, you know, she's not given like a title or anything. She's not Kris Jenner, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And if this, yeah. was, I mean, it would be, this would be like a scaled down version of the Kardashians because she's a momager. Yeah. And it would kill me and make me really sad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, like her, Sharon as a, as a businesswoman, kind of really played down in those early episodes like we kind of you know she managed like some really big artists and then she had like the whole falling out with Billy Corgan like she was married managing the Smashing Pumpkins Mm -hmm. and I think I think she obviously he's an asshole so you know she didn't take his shit and then like her dad was um quite a big music manager as well so she was already born into that world and you know, obviously, looking after Ozzy and all that as well. It's kind of it's, it's kind of amazing. No, speaking of Ozzy, um, and it's interesting. You, I'm interested in your perspective of this because for me, like as a teenager, believe it or not, I was not an Ozzy head. I know that it's shocking to everybody listening, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like. I feel like in the early 2000s when this show premiered, it, it reintroduced Ozzy to like this entire, this entire generation of young people who, you know, had parents that went to OzFest. Yeah. You know, and now like we are in, reintroduced to this version of Ozzy. And it's funny, like, of course you watch the show and you still laugh and it's still so funny and it's got like silly music behind it. But as a full-blown adult, like I'm 31 now, it is pretty jarring to watch Ozzy, right? Totally. Um, I've never, I've never really got Ozzy to be honest. Um, him as a person and him as a musician. Yeah. Uh, I think now that I'm older. And I look, I, I look back on kind of the way that he was in the show. I obviously am able to kind of understand more why he is the way he is. But then if we look at Ozzy as the entertainer, like I, I distinctly remember there the being like an Ozfest Christmas episode where mm-hmm. he's going over, this, over the crowd in like, a, um, in like a Santa's sleigh. And I just thought it looked all really shit and budget. And I just right. <laughs> like, I don't get it. And yeah. he's not really singing. He's like wailing. And it, it's all very kind of almost like a pantomime almost. And it, maybe that's what, maybe that's why he's got such a large following. I don't know. I It's just, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I'm very aware that I'm not, the Ozzy Osbourne demographic by, right. <laughs> by any means. <laughs> and I can usually take something from anything, but with him, it's kind of, it all just seems quite crap. 
I mean, honestly, I was thinking to myself, like, only a man could get up on stage in pajama pants and bumble around, barely singing the words, kind of complaining the whole time, barely moving, and people are, like, fainting. I mean, the people in the audience yeah. at OzFest that they show on camera, they are literally, it's like 80s Michael Jackson. Like, they're, like, being gurneyed yeah. out. But then you have people like Madonna who are literally doing fucking acrobatics on stage and people are like, she's old, sit down. You know what I mean? I like, know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's mind boggling what people will lap up and what they won't. And, <laughs> and everything he did on stage and off stage was so lackluster, half-hearted, you know, <laughs> like a fucking zombie. And, it's like, and that gets, like, such recognition and such accolades. Well, like, especially... It's, oh, sorry, it's, go ahead. It's, isn't, I mean, sorry, but isn't there, like, one episode where he gets invited to the White House and it's like, for <laughs> what? Like, he's a fucking vegetable. Like, he can barely talk. And you want to have him at, a, at, like, a table at the White House for dinner? It, what are the ground... Like, based on what? You know? Well, especially in that first season, I was thinking, like, because I just watched the whole first season and maybe, like, I watched, I think, the first and second season is how far I got. And yeah. in the first season, it's like, the show wasn't even premiered. So I can understand the fandom mm. of people, like, being reintroduced to zombie Ozzy and being like, oh, he's funny again. He likes Chipotle and he's funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, like, these people who are just spending genuine money to go see Ozzy, like, kick his feet around on stage and mumble i'm like i don't get it i really it's shocking it was shocking um but i also wanted to talk so obviously this is a relationship podcast what do you think about ozzy and sharon's relationship because i have a lot of thoughts oh my god i think that they are um it's it's a it's a modern day fairy tale, and I say that <laughs> with no irony whatsoever. I think. Oh, I'm so happy you said that. Their love is like so strong and knows no bounds, and the things that they have both done to each other <laughs> is incredible slash horrific. And no. I think that like they've had such a volatile relationship over the years, but. I think they really love each other and they really are a little unit and obviously with the kids like reinforcing that I I just I think it's incredibly sweet to be honest and as dysfunctional and you know he fucking like tried to strangle her and you know she would confiscate his bag of weed and take a shit in it and yeah all of this craziness, but still, you know, and then in recent years, like, I think, didn't he get, I mean, how's this? He cheats on Sharon Osbourne, like, three years ago, with what? Like, I know, good God. Who, who is finding that sexually attractive? I really, like, that. that's baffling, but still, you know, he cheated on Sharon, and she forgave him, and they're still together, and I, you know, I think it's just a real testament for their love for each other and and I think it's really beautiful. They have a really strong understanding of each other's boundaries that is really <laughs> interesting. <laughs> like it's fascinating to watch. Like they just get each other in this weird way where it's like only they can push each other to like the limits that they push each other and they get that and they're so patient with each other and I love the way Sharon 
is so it makes me laugh at how entertained Sharon is by her husband. Like yeah. she literally thinks that he is the funniest, most hysterical person in the world. She is constantly smitten by him yeah. and just like literally cackling off a chair at him. Yeah. And it's just I, really sweet. I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's, it's funny as well because like in the earlier episode you know she there's a kind of childlike quality to her when she interacts with Ozzy and she you know yeah. she's like being on the voice and she's calling him daddy and, <laughs> and, and, and that's really cute but also you've got to remember she owns his fucking ass yeah like, she, she she's the one that like you know signs the checks and, yep. and, and makes the deals so it's kind of this weird like it's just amazing but yeah no I love them I, I, I really think they're a great couple let's talk about the kids let's talk let's talk about let's start with Kelly like what was your because <laughs> I like literally I have goosebumps already even mentioning it um what was your relationship like with Kelly and Jack as a teenager so it's interesting, right? So I had a conversation with my boyfriend last week and I was talking about people I was drawn to when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And they they all transpired to be women um, either in active addiction or in recovery, um, outspoken, you know, you know, that kind of vibe. Yeah. And um, they were always women that I was always so drawn to. And then later on in life, I went through my own experience with drugs and now I'm in recovery, you know, for a number of years, but it's kind of, I'm, I'm really keen to look at these women that I admired so much growing up and trying to place what it was that from their journey, I went to my journey almost because mm-hmm. there's, there's something there that I'm always drawn to. And Kelly was one of those people, um, I found her fascinating as much as I found her annoying. Um, She was a real cunt and really unapologetically so, which kind of makes you love her. Um, So bratty. And I I think in the first season, quite unlikable. But then as it transpired, that kind of, you know, lo and behold, surprise, surprise, she's on drugs the entire time. Like, who saw that coming? (laughs) yes um do you see that kind of vulnerable side where she is kind of you know understanding that she has a problem and then they kind of delve into it deeper don't they where she's kind of seen going into rehab and coming out of rehab and then how that feeds in with her own brother's addiction issues as well I mean I distinctly remember there's an episode where she's entering rehab as Jack is celebrating his first year of sobriety. Oh my God, yeah. And the, you know, and Ozzy is like, I think he's like nine months back from a relapse of heroin and it's like, fuck, like, almost like, maybe this is a sweeping statement, but even like, her brattiness is kind of forgiven from my part because of this like insane bubble that they're living in. I re- I I think Kelly's an interesting one because we see her as a spotty kind of bratty teenager in the first season and then the second season she's a pop star. Yeah. And so, you know, there's this been there's been this period off camera where she, you know, I don't know how big she was in the states, but she was really big in the UK. 
she was really big here too. She had a really flash in the pan kind of fame with music. Yeah. Um, and kind of, that that was really interesting that she went from kind of like this, you know, just a, a just a girl on TV to actually being this like bona fide pop star, and it all happened so quickly. And you know, I I found that really interesting. I think I don't know. I I kind of. I haven't followed her as much in recent years. I think there's a reason for that. I think I I, I, I actively choose not to because I don't know how different she is and I imagine she's not that much different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... I don't think many, to be honest, I don't think many people are like... Like, I think that she has a really weird career in the sense that, like, she doesn't know what she does. Like, does she does she host? Does she, yeah. you know, like, I don't think she knows what it is that she does. Because um, she's been, like, kind of figuring that out since she was a teenager. And I think, like, Fashion Police was her sweet spot. And then that ending just kind of sent her into, like, a, a fishtail of, like, doing all these random things. Like, I think the most recent thing she did was The Masked Singer. I mean, you know, like... So was she on that? Yeah, she was a ladybug girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, it's, I have the same. I had the same sort of thought process when I was watching this. I was thinking like, Kelly Osbourne perfectly fits into that category for me of being young and just being. I guess this is just like something that a lot of like especially queer men go through where you just are, you're so drawn to women with strong personalities, whether they're good or bad or complex or whatever. I remember really well, this, this will kind of make me sound super old, but I had a computer room back at my mom's house that had like a desktop computer on and, Mm -hmm. and the wallpaper on my desktop was of Kelly Osbourne and I remember once I was like sat at the computer and my mom came into the room and she went do you fancy her and I <laughs> and I looked at her as like completely horrified like like how dare you like what how dare you sexualize her like yeah <laughs> like, she's amazing and I was just kind of like no because like obviously me being a young little gay boy like the thought of fancying her never even entered my mind but the fact that i thought that my mum wasn't able to see why i was so drawn to her was really baffling to me yes oh my god that is so real you just said a fucking mouthful are you kidding me that is so relatable i actually had (laughs) like kind of the same experience because i used to make my myspace background all of these like really overtly sexual pictures of britney spears like just specifically this one where she is literally fully nude and her whole body is covered in these like pearls and she's wearing underwear and like kind of pulling them down it's probably the most sexual image ever that she's ever taken and it was my background it was like all over my wallpaper is her just like pulling her underwear down naked and my friend was like oh like my you know I, I was on your myspace in my house and my mom was like oh my god are you looking at porn and I was so mortified by the idea. I was like, did she, what? Porn? What do you mean? Like, it's Britney. No. Ugh, yeah. how dare she? Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like, I kind of had the same kind of experience. I was just like, this girl is so, especially as a teenager, 
seeing this like unapologetic, loud, funny, bratty. Like when you're a kid, those are things that you're drawn to. Like you want to be Kevin McAllister. You know what I mean? So I thought she was just like the, I mean, she could say fuck in front of her mom and her dad. And they said fuck around each other. I remember even like trying a couple of times to like use like the F-bomb in front of my mom and thinking like it would be cool because Kelly does it. And my mom be like, what the fuck did you just say to me? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I was so inspired by her. I just thought she was so cool. And yeah, same, same, totally. But it is interesting though, to kind of piggyback off what you said earlier during that first season. um, The first season was so like, there were all these sort of dark things happening that were like sort of blanketed in silly, wacky music and like Frank Sinatra songs. And, you know, it was just kind of like, uh, it was really fun and like lighthearted, but now as people who are completely jaded by reality television, it's impossible to watch that and not see beneath all of that stuff. Like you immediately see all the stuff that back then you probably ignored. And well, that's, that's the thing. Like one thing that really sticks out in my mind with Ozzy is like, I distinctly remember there being a scene where they're all kind of panicking because it cuts to him in the kitchen swigging from a bottle of red wine. Oh yeah. the music that's playing it's like oh funny Aussie oh silly Aussie and it's like actually no like that's that's really worrying but you know with the way that it's edited and as you say that kind of music you're kind of like and I guess like at our age when we were watching it um you kind of don't see that yeah and that happens a lot with Jack and Kelly it's a lot of like them you know in quotes being teenagers and having fights and Jack punching Kelly in her stomach and Kelly screaming and running up the stairs and it's like you it's like you realize later that this is happening because they are manic like they're yeah high or they're coming down or they're having withdrawals or they're like on two completely different substances battling each other like it's actually like really crazy and also to think that there's this other child who is like not experiencing any of this stuff with their family yeah amy like i mean can you imagine being amy and people barely know that you exist it's 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 really interesting that because she was so outspoken despite not being on the show she was so outspoken about not being on the show wasn't she it was Oh yeah, it's kind of like we knew who she was, but she just wasn't there. She was like a ghost. But despite not being there, she had a lot to say. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I do remember she was on Twenty Twenty. I'll never forget that because that was the first <laughs> time that I had ever seen her. And Barbara Walters did this whole dramatic reveal of like the other Osborne, and <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was like there's Amy, and she looks exactly like. Kelly and she's yeah. like really well spoken and 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 you know kind of chill and uh you know shocking but um yeah and then there's Jack who has I mean truly a motley crew of mi- of drug riddled misfits gallivanting through their house I know disrespecting everything they own burning shit 
and then living there for like long periods of time without telling anybody and it's just like all hell is constantly breaking loose and it's just their normal existence they literally were like a bunch of quintessential like teen la fuckheads just freeloading and just doing a fuckload of drugs um and jack entertaining that and like oh god nothing i mean again as a young gay teenage boy nothing and nobody repulsed me in the world more than jack osborne who was like the epitome of young masculine grossness i was just like he's so gross (laughs) 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 but like you said throughout you know throughout the the as the show progresses like you do you you become more endeared to these children and as that veil slowly sort of goes down well that's it isn't it you you start to see the behaviors behind behaviors and especially with jack like i really didn't like him and i just thought he was lazy and shit and he used to be really horrible to melinda do you remember melinda oh my god are you kidding terrible like he was a such a little bastard to her and I just thought it was unforgivable. She was just there to do her job. But then kind of like when you see him, you know, talking about sobriety and clearly taking it seriously, um, it's kind of like, yeah, it makes him a bit more human. I mean, cut towards like the present day, I think out of everybody, he's had the most kind of personal growth, you know? For sure. He's, I think he's grown up to be someone that's really admirable um, and he just seems like a really great guy who seems very family orientated and clearly has his shit together these days, which is, you know, it's fantastic. Yeah, he, um, so he actually is the, I guess you could say he's the producer of the podcast. He's, oh, okay. Yeah, the podcast is his idea and he is the one that is in charge. He's the host. And, um, it's just so crazy to listen to him, you know, just for an hour to an hour and a half as like a full-fledged adult with children who's yeah. so well-spoken and, and, and his head is so screwed on and he's just so different. Um, but yeah, and actually, ironically, Melinda is in a lot of the podcast episodes too. No way. Yeah, because she's still, I think she's still, I believe she still works for the family. Like there's still... She's still around them on a constant basis. That's so nice. I, I know. Love, she was great. I loved her. Yeah, she was like one of my favorite things about the show. And it's so funny, like Melinda, you, <laughs> when you watch these moments happen, like where they're, for example, like, like you said, Ozzy swigging from that wine bottle and making like a menacing face at the camera and, and then Frank Sinatra playing and you're like, what? <laughs> what? Um, Melinda and Sharon are, you look to them to think that they're going to be like the anchors of the show that are like going to slap the bottle out of his hand. But like, Mm. they think this is so normal. Like Melinda thinks this is all so normal. Yeah. It's so funny. Like her trying to wake Jack up and he, you know, slept for an hour to go to school the night before because he was out partying the night before. And so say like, Jack, were you drinking and drugging? It's like, he's 15. What do you mean? <laughs> Why are we asking him if he was drugging last night? He's 15. So casually, it's crazy. And the, and the, the other thing that I kind of didn't like, 
I never paid much attention to, but I have done over the years. It's like, they were going to clubs at 15. Yeah, I mean... In LA, and like, I... I mean, back when I was younger, here the drinking age is 18, so it, it used to be quite easy to get into places, but it's 21 in the States, so I always just thought that that was kind of like impossible, but I guess, I guess if you're famous or whatever, it's different. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and that's, I mean, truly one of the craziest things about watching those early seasons when they're both, when none of them are really sober, that they're just so open and unapologetic about the fact that they all like that Kelly and Jack just like go out drinking all the time. And like Ozzy's like parental, you know, dad talks is him like giving her a wad of money that she like feels uncomfortable (laughs) even having and saying like, don't get in the car with anyone. It's like, okay, like what? Like she's Kelly Osbourne. I don't think that that uh, she's Kelly Osbourne in two thousand three. I don't know if that's if that matters. Um, but I did want to kind of talk to you about. You mentioned earlier that Kelly, you know, obviously like acquired this like this like fame, yeah, uh, this, like different kind of fame. And you know, it's interesting watching fame seep into this family's house. Mm. You know in a way that is really sad because when you do watch that first season and you see how sort of naive they were and, you know, their worst issues was that, like, you know, Kelly lost dad's credit card when they were shopping or whatever. Like they were just a normal, as normal as they could be being the Osbournes. They were a normal family. And then fame came in and just really disrupted all of their lives in such a massive way. Yeah. Like, it's really, really sad, especially, I mean, especially Jack and Kelly. Like, these Do you two, think that they wanted to be famous? I think that at the beginning they probably did. I think especially, I think Jack really liked being famous because, mm. you know, he had girls throwing themselves at him in a way that he probably didn't before. I mean, he had Christina Aguilera using him to make his sister <laughs> jealous and... <laughs> You know, Paris Hilton was and Misha Barton were sleeping at his house in his room. Like, wasn't the wasn't Kimberly Stewart in a couple of episodes as well? Oh my god, I just remembered. And there's an episode where he's dating um, uh, Mandy Moore and also um, Kurt Cobain's sister. Oh yeah! Oh my god. He goes over to the house and Courtney loves there. Yes. Oh my god, you're right. Ah, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, Jack loved being famous. Oh, my God, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say he probably liked it a lot more at that time than Kelly did, because she was ridiculed in a different way. It became about her looks and her face and her weight. Yeah. And, you know, Jack could be fat and nobody gave a shit. Yeah, that's very true. Kelly was fucking ripped apart and ridiculed for how she looked. I mean, that's the other thing is, like, I was watching this and thinking, God, like, I used to look up to these kids because they were older than me, and I thought they were the epitome of, like, coolness or whatever, and they're, like, 15-year-old kids that are in the peak of the worst time of their lives, like, awkward, uncomfortable, not secure with their bodies, like, just, you know, acne, and they are on display. Yeah, um... It's crazy, actually. Yeah, because they were just living 
they were just living their lives, but through a lens. Yeah. The entire time. Like, all of a sudden, and, they had cameras in their house filming their bedrooms. It's like, what? And then also, like, if you look at kind of the trajectory of all four seasons, things just got progressively worse. So, like, yeah. so into, like, Sharon having cancer, Ozzy having his quad bike accident, both Kelly and Jack kind of in and out of rehab. It was kind of, you know, at what point? I mean, I know they eventually did stop it at season four, but... I, I do I do wonder, was there a point before that where they thought, maybe it's time to turn the cameras off, you know? I can imagine that they probably, I bet at different times, they all probably begged to get out of the contracts they signed, you know? Mm. I bet they were all envious of Amy at a certain point that she could just live her life. Yeah. And she probably could go out and, and drink and do drugs and do whatever she wanted to do as a teenager and nobody cared and knew who she was. And, you know, they couldn't do that anymore, especially after, I mean, after Kelly started doing music, I think the show took a completely different turn. Yeah. It was like a show about this really famous family. It wasn't about, it was kind of like at the beginning of the Kardashians um, when like Caitlyn, formerly Bruce, was the, the most famous member of the family. Yeah. And people watched it to see how Bruce Jenner's wacky family existed in Hollywood. And then it was like, you, you know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. It goes back to kind of awareness, doesn't it? And then that the layer that made it so special and so interesting is quickly taken away. Yeah. Because people start watching it for different reasons and then also they start creating it for different reasons and I think it becomes very apparent by like season three that a lot of the scenes are set up um yeah it's just a totally different feel it feels less organic and it feels very structured and heavily produced which you know that's the way it goes with all all the best reality tv shows that's why like I think shows like The Osborne should have done a pretty wild and just had one season. Oh my god, that is so true. The best, the most iconic shows are just one season. They haven't, you know, Gallery Girls is another one as well. Oh my well. god, you're so right. Because it leaves you asking loads of questions that are never going to be answered. And that, you know, and that builds the legend up of the show. Not to mention the characters on all of those shows have such iconic slash dysfunctional people. That is so true. I mean, and it really ups the rewatchability factor. Like, yeah, I've, the show, like, Pretty Wild is the perfect example. I've watched that season of that show, I mean, literally a hundred times. Like, yeah, I... I probably watch it once a month. <laughs> yeah. and, the same for, and the same for Rich Girls as well. I watch that once a month. <laughs> <laughs> that's another that rich girls is another show that i feel like you and i should do together because it's like in the same vein of the kind of shows that we love we totally should ali hilfiger she's been on a journey oh my god <laughs> so much of that show is like ingrained and burned into my mind like um my dad invented cargo pants <laughs> <laughs> oh those are two girls that i also was just like these are I mean, it's peak MTV. It is literally yeah. MTV at its absolute best. Um, I wanted to ask you about, do you remember Robert, the short-lived adopted brother? Oh my God. 
I forgot about him. Wait, he's in season two, right? I think he's in season two, yes. So he's kind of like introduces a friend, like a family friend. Okay. And, and then it tra- it's, it's all a bit murky. So it transpires that they've adopted him and then he's living in the house and he's there. But then I think it's around the first time Kelly goes to rehab, he then disappears. And I remember in the press, like they were, Sharon was very outspoken on the fact that he was never adopted and then it was always alluded to the fact that he was either the cause of Kelly being on drugs or if anything he was just like there supplying drugs to both of them which is fucking crazy wow and that that really goes to show that like there was a period where anyone could go into that house, you know, as you pointed out, like the friends, do you remember the skateboarder? He kept coming in and out, like... Dill. Dylan, that was there. Yeah, yeah, I mean... But yeah, Robert was a, a weird one, because he also really didn't fit in with anyone else in the show. And I, I distinctly remember there being, like, footage of him used just dancing around his bedroom, and it was kind of like, is that the best you can offer? <laughs> I know, at least Dill, Dill gave us, like, true, he gave us moments. Yeah. He was a scuzzy, gross, disgusting, literally homeless. <laughs> and also, by the way, I looked him up on Instagram, because I, like, wanted to see what this these this misfit group of people was up to. Yeah. And he's, like, 45 now. Fuck. Oh, so, oh my God. Yeah, that means he was, like, 10 years older than them when he was, like, living in their house. It's, like, weird. Um, Yeah. But, no, that's so true. I mean, like, that is something that I feel like should not be slept on. The fact that this house was boundaryless. Like, Mm. there were people coming and going constantly. There's literally an episode where um, Sharon (laughs) finds out that their security guard had been stealing from houses. And they think, Sharon thinks it's funny. Yeah. And she's like laughing about it. Like she thinks it's funny that he got caught stealing and he was wearing an Ozzy Osbourne t shirt when he got arrested stealing from other people's houses. <laughs> and when she confronts him about it, she's like, Wait, she's like, Wayne, we don't think that you did it to us. We love you. And he's like, I would never do it to you, Miss Sharon. It's like, What? And then they just let him work there again. Like, what? I know. It's crazy. <laughs> um yeah just constantly people coming and going so many shady characters but i do remember that guy because i just watched the episode where sharon took him furniture shopping for his bedroom and she bought him a six thousand dollar couch and you know an eight thousand dollar bed and all of the uh, anything he wanted from the shabby chic store in in hollywood like crazy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god I wonder he is now so I, I actually did try to find out and the only bit that I could really be bothered to read was that he moved back to Texas and had a had a nervous breakdown or something and had to be committed wow yeah. oh my god it was, it was all kind of implied that he was like an orphan but I don't think he was an orphan I think it was just a storyline but actually he was a dealer <laughs> Fuck. I do know that one of the people, one of their friends that was a constant on the show at some point um, died because when they were rewatching an episode on the podcast, um, 
they were talking about his death. And it's just like, it must be so crazy for them to rewatch this show and see their drug dealers gallivanting through the house. Their dad is fucking relapsed and can barely speak. Uh, and they're high off their asses and, and manic and Sharon is battling cancer. Like, just crazy. It's totally nuts. I just, I just remembered my, I think, I think my favorite ever scene is from season one and it's the Noisy Neighbors episode. Oh. And so they're like having this war <laughs> with the neighbors next door. And then <laughs> oh, I think about this quote all the time. And then Sharon gets this big piece of ham out of <laughs> and she goes over to the fence and she lifts the ham up and throws it into the garden and she goes, here's a picture of your wife's cunt. <laughs> so amazing. Oh my God. Holy shit. That is one of the best episodes. And I, I, I just watched that. I love when Ozzy tries to like be playful too, but he like, Crabs like a bushel of like really yeah. intense lumber and he throws it over and she's like Aussie not lumber and he like throws these like dangerous like sticks over and when he tries to run away he gets tied up yeah. in the, the, the shit holding the trees up so he like gets trapped by the oh that episode is iconic which what are, what are some other like favorite like moments or episodes that you like that stick out in your mind, like a million years later? I think, well, I mean, there's many layers to this, but we spoke about this briefly earlier, is the Christina Aguilera involvement and the scene, <laughs> the, the Christmas scene where like, the, where it all started, where mm-hmm. Kelly's impersonating her and then, you know, and to be fair, it was quite a good impersonation. Um, I know. But then that's kind of like how that, and I'm using quotations, feud started, wasn't it? I mean, I have to be honest with you. I completely forgot. I I forgot. Like, I thought that it stopped there and then it just kind of like became like a TRL thing or something. Mm. But I had completely forgotten that there is literally an entire, there's an entire episode in season three or two, season two. I think it's the first or second episode completely based around Christina Aguilera. Yeah. Because then she starts dancing with Jack in a club, doesn't she, to piss <laughs> Kelly off, and then find, then that fuels the fire. But then the biggest fucking plot twist is, like, several years later, she buys that house. When you told me that, I literally <laughs> almost crushed my phone in my hand because I was watching the episode. <laughs> like she bought the house. Isn't that crazy? She lived in the house that they filmed the episode around her in. Yeah. Like, the energy yeah. is just, like, wild. <laughs> it's, like, a really full fucked up circle for Christina. There's a really funny moment where she, um... They never actually show her, but her voice is in it a lot. And there's a moment where, like, Kelly is having this, like, really mundane conversation with Melinda, um while she's doing or she's like in a, a green room and she's yeah. like doing press for her album and somebody walks by and like beats on the door really hard like bah, 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 bah. and it like scared them and they're like what the fuck was that and somebody's like that was christina aguilera she just beat on your door and ran away <laughs> oh i remember that now yeah. and kelly went out to like chase her like kelly was like gonna confront her on camera and christina like ran and hid somewhere 
What what era of Christina was that? Was that dirty? It was literally dirty had just come out because Jack said, she's like, mom, like, have you seen her new video? It's disgusting. Like she's naked and you can see her vagina and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it was like that week that dirty had come out. So Christina was leaning in to uh, her ex-Tina phase at that point. (laughs) 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 But she like calls, she's like doing things very clear. Like obviously Christina Aguilera didn't want to like fuck Jack Osborne. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he like was convinced. He was like, oh my God, like she likes me, (laughs) which is actually really sad. (laughs) But she calls him and she's like, Hey Jack, it's me, Christina Aguilera. I'm call and tell you that I had a good time the other night at the club dancing with you. Oh, you're so funny. And he's like, Oh my God, Christina Aguilera is in love with me. <laughs> it's just so funny. Like that moment, like you said earlier, like that could never happen today. The way that it was like all played out, it was just so raw. Yeah. And and the people that featured on the show as well, like I distinctly remember. Elijah Wood being in the house quite a few times. Yep. Yeah. All these people, like, popped up, um, you know, that were either, like, mega famous or went on to be mega famous, which you kind of couldn't get that now. You'd have to pay them. (laughs) For sure. It's almost like their house at a certain point became this, like, it had, like, a Playboy Mansion quality about it. Yeah. Where it's, like, people wanted to come experience the craziness and, like, some celebrities were lucky enough that they could just come to their house and be on the show and, like, hang out in Jack or Kelly's room. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there was a constant rotating door of people. I mean, the women that Jack had creeping out of his bedroom, it was insane. Like, Mandy Moore, there are literally multiple episodes, or scenes at least, where she's, like, slowly creaking his door open and, like, tiptoeing out. I'm like, what is happening? There's no way that any of those girls fucked him, right? I can't imagine. I really... They just wanted airtime. I can't fathom it. I mean, I definitely believe that he was fucking a lot of, like, hanger-ons, but, like, Mandy Moore? (laughs) America's Sweetheart? I I, I just can't... (laughs) I can't fathom it. (laughs) Um, What do you think... So, like, I always when shows like this, like, of course, it's, like, my instinct in my head to be, like, I don't want them to do this because it wouldn't be the same unless it was on MTV and unless they filmed it the exact same way. But, like, Mm. if they brought this show back, like, do you think that it would work somehow some sort of, like, Osborne's family show? (sighs) It's a difficult one because, like... It depends how they do it. So, no matter what happens, it's not going to be the same. They're not the same people. They're so hyper-famous and so hyper-aware of themselves that it just wouldn't have that, you know, what, what you and I both love about season one. I think from a fan point of view, I would like it to happen because I'm genuinely interested to see the family again you know I yeah. know they're all very different people but that their dynamic and their relationship always stayed the same and it was always quite entertaining yet heartwarming to watch um 
and it'd be nice to still you know see if things are still that way i i think for the sake of the legacy they just shouldn't do it um i think so too you know it was of a time of a place you know as as you and i have said you know there's so many different layers that made up the show and made it what it was and it's not going to be any of that um i mean from an osborne point of view maybe it is time for a osborne resurgence but you know i don't think they need to do a reality tv show to do that yeah um, yeah i think it should be left alone i think so too i don't think that and you know it's like it was one thing when they were all living together too like they yeah. the magic of it was that they were trapped in this house together yeah and that like kelly and jack had to like exist around each other and ozzy was like you know seeing different animals come into his house constantly like the chaos yeah. of the house was sort of the magic and now you know jack is like a dad and has two children and yeah and they all live in different parts of the world and you know it's it wouldn't be the same i know that they've talked to like a couple of years ago they talked about doing it and it scared me because it was gonna be on like e or something which is my nightmare yeah i mean that's my worst fear <laughs> that is my worst fear in life <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like you know a show that i a show like this coming back and being on like e oh, that is a kiss of death um but that obviously like didn't pan out and it it, it didn't work but i will say and I, I know that i've said it several times when you listen to that podcast jamie when you listen to all the episodes you're going to be like this they they, they have there's something has to be done it is just the magic is just there like it's like it's like you're it's it's 2002 again you would literally be so shocked by how entertaining they are it's so funny i was listening to it in my friend's car and she was like there's something about hearing their voices even interact with each other is like giving me yeah and i was like no i get it oh i need to watch i need to listen to it i mean and and, you know like i was surprised they've done a, a podcast and the fact that they were like watching the first episode together i thought that was really special and i felt that that was a really nice thing to do and maybe that's all they need to do you know yeah i agree something simple unedited unscripted raw that they're in control of like i don't want to watch a storylined show about the osbournes where ozzy does wacky shit i don't care mm, yeah you know what i mean unless he's trying to get the remote to work and falling back in his chair i don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know do you have any like closing statements or things that you want to say about the osbournes before we close this chapter forever um i had a list of things but i think we've i just would really like to reflect on how amazing sharon is Okay, oh, we talk. Um, so, I rem- so as I was like going through kind of like Sharon's stories, I just remembered how she would um, send shits and Tiffany boxes to people that she didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and I just think that is like the ultimate power move. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like her her go to when she's annoyed, like. That's her go-to thing, yeah. Tiffany's box. She shits it herself. It's her own shit, and she, she just sends it. 
And I just think that is remarkable. <laughs> There's a, an episode where she walks into Jack's room when Kelly's in there. And she's like, what is this? And it's a, a Jack Daniels bottle. And she's like, what is this doing in here so casually? And she's like, I'm going to piss in it. And she goes to the bathroom and she, t- she tries to take a piss in it. And Kelly, like, busts in. And she, like, they're, like, screaming on the other side of the door so you can't hear it. And Kelly's like, Mom, you cannot pee in that. Stop it. And she's, like, ripping it out of her hand because <laughs> she wanted Jack to drink her piss. Amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, and she is incredible. It's It's funny. Like, she's so accepting of their life. Yeah, like she's so she's so accepting of where they are, where her children are in life, what they've been given, their circumstance, and she doesn't try and fight it because there's no mm-hmm. point. But she's supportive and she's really there for her kids in a in a way that is so different than like a Chris Jenner like let's have a moment yeah. in the kitchen for the camera. It's like a really mother like motherly nurturing like mother hen genuine way with her children but she's just also accepting of their circumstance totally and i think that just kind of like you look at history with her kids and with her husband she is just fiercely loyal Mm -hmm. and compassionate and just also really hilarious so funny you know she was you know she went on to do obviously the Sharon Osbourne show got canned but you know she did X Factor and and over here for quite some time and various other shows and you know she's always she's always been around you know she's always kept going and done something else or you know and yeah I just I think I think she's one of my favorites I think when I think about her you know and quite often one of my favorite things to do um is to go through her best bits of like x factor when she's like interviewing panel members and she's just amazing i love her yeah and like she's parlayed this this show into so many i mean she's been the like the one of the main cast members of so many shows like you know what i mean she was on the talk for a million years like yeah you know it's it's crazy like so many years later that they're still working because of this show. Yeah. And her latest facelift looks incredible. So good. She looks so good. Like, not overdone. Like, you can tell it's done, but it's not like she doesn't look pickled. She looks great. (laughs) Oh, my God. I never heard that term pickled. (laughs) I like it. Oh, my God. You're going to hear that again on this podcast. (laughs) Um. And also, I mean, Ozzy is like super sober and like in technically, technically in the best place of his life. Uh, I don't know if he has motor skills still, but. Um, well, he had enough motor skills to fuck his nurse, didn't he? <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, can we talk? <laughs> it's like really weird to imagine Ozzy having sex. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. No. Like his shaky body on yours, just like, ugh. God. Um, like, his arms don't work at the best of times, let alone his dick. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, he can barely, like, push buttons on the remote. <laughs> it takes, like, all of his strength to, like, push a button. Um, but, yeah, he he is sober, and 
that's another really funny thing is listening to listening to the podcast like Ozzy on a microphone is mm. like just wild and they the family does this really cute thing where and they don't do it consciously it's like subconsciously they've been doing it so long where they narrate for him without being offensive like they just they know exactly what he's saying and they know that they're the only ones who knows what he's saying ever oh. so they like kind of narrate what he's saying or like lead him to his points in this really cute way that's like yeah oh. that's really cute you know because otherwise he would the whole hour he'd be trying to finish a sentence and they kind of get him there. Oh. <laughs> yeah. um but yeah, we should, let's, I want you to come back eventually. We can do Rich Girls. Like, we should, like. Yeah, please, can we do Rich Girls? I would love that. I, I, you and I have the exact same reality <laughs> TV, like, taste and, like, this early 2000s, like, just people doing shit. It was so, the like, golden reality. era, you know? Yeah. Like, you just get it. So, I would love that. Yes, please. I'd love to come back. All right, well, tell people where they can find you on the internet. And also, are you, do you have any, like, fun photography things coming up or happening? Um, so, at the moment, I had a few months off just because I was really frazzled from last year, like, doing lots of stuff. But I'm doing some work with dancers um, over the next couple of months, which is going to be kind of collaborating with dancers and, and shooting them um, to discuss... Well, to highlight the uh, idea of strength, but strength and different levels, so like mental strength, physical strength. So cool. it's going to be quite cool. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to hopefully make some really cool stuff. Um, people can see my work on my Instagram, which is Jamie Luke Schooler, S-C-O-U-L-A-R. Well, Jamie, thank you for coming back. I'm so happy we finally got to do this. Me too. And um, yeah, you'll be back. You guys will hear this. <laughs> you guys will hear this voice again. And you also <laughs> will be aggressively hearing the word pickled like every week. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for that contribution to the podcast. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Jamie. Bye, take care. Thank you for listening to The Smush Room, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. Also, be sure to head over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos for more information on this show and other Patreon-exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McEady. That's T-R-O-Y-M-C-E-A-D-Y. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.